Times Like Now is a weekly interview program. I like to talk with interesting people who are doing cool stuff in their communities and around the world. I'm Trevor Collins, and today I'm speaking with Ken Brettschneider, founder of Evermore Park, a fantasy theme park in Utah, on this episode of Times Like Now. Hello, Ken, and welcome to uh, the program. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thanks for having me. So, Evermore Park. I have heard Evermore Park being called part Renaissance Fair, uh, part uh, LARP, part um, Choose Your Own Adventure, part uh, Westworld without the robots, uh, part D&D campaign. Is all of this accurate, do you think? Yeah, I think so. It's, you know, really what we wanted to do is just create a immersive place where people could kind of uh, take a dive into imagination, uh, especially not just kids, but adults. Um, I think adults just don't have a lot of places where they can feel safe and, and, and kind of play out some fun, you know, get in the sandbox and um, play around a bit. And, and that's really what we wanted to create is a, is a place where you could uh, express imagination and, uh, and have some fun kind of forget the world for a moment. There's a lot of negative stuff out there. So so that would make you the game master or the, the dungeon master of sorts in this, what is it, 13 acres evermore is approximately? Yeah, it's, it's about 13 acres. Um, and again, it's designed to kind of look like an old European village. I just felt like when, when we designed the park, we wanted it to kind of mimic... Um, some of the classic places I would see in Europe that I love so much. And I just kind of took bits and pieces of what I like from different places, whether it be France or Germany or Belgium or different places like that. So now tell classic, me when did, you know. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful, a beautiful space. I am really looking forward to going there as soon as, as soon as I can swing it, I want to come down to Utah way and, Spend a few days there, I think, uh, would be appropriate. When did Evermore come to be? When was the first opening day? Um, I mean, kind of uh, official, non-official date was um, in September of 2018. Uh, But we had been working on the park for many, many years prior to that, um, really designing it. We We even designed the entire park in virtual reality. Uh, so we were walking around our park and experiencing it before we ever put a shovel in the ground. So it was all designed digitally. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, the the ongoing storyline that you create there with all of these amazing actors, um, guests are encouraged to wear costumes, but they don't have to, correct? They don't have to, no. No, we just, we try to make it, make it accessible to everybody, you know, whether it be, you know, we have a lot of millennials come, but we have a lot of families come. We have a lot of people that are into cosplay D&D, but then we have just families that have never done anything like that before. They've never gone to, a, you know, a Comic-Con. They've never experienced, um, you know, playing cosplay or, or, you know, doing an immersive game. And it's really fun to watch people experience that for the first time. 
you know, the people that already do this, it's a, it's a natural fit for them. They, they come in and they immediately take to it. It's kind of like children, you know, children just, they come in and they adapt to it immediately. They have a blast. They're out questing and doing things. They just get it right away. Kids know how to play. And adults have a hard time figuring out how to play again. You know, we, we played when we were younger and then we're told this kind of false narrative that we can't play anymore, you know. And, that, and that's why video games are so popular because in a sense you get to play out uh, scenarios and video games and it's sort of private you know uh, this is a way to actually like interact with other human beings you know in a real world sense so it's kind of gamification also so give uh, listeners a little bit of a, a dive into what happens at evermore park from you i'd like to hear it from you sure um you know takes a village to make a village. So really there's a lot of creative people, a lot of artists and a lot of different people that are uh, bringing their ideas and concepts into what we're building. So I never want to take like, you know, full credit for it. Um, I'm certainly uh, the guy that was motivated to create this thing. And it had a lot of meaning to me and we can, we can kind of dwell on that in a, in a different subject, but um you know, for me, it's it's about creating a, a safe place where everybody kind of feels welcome to come in and, uh, like I said, take a dive into imagination. We try to theme everything based on, you know, it's much like creating a video game. So my background was video game and also VR uh, creation. I was a co-creator of The Void, um, an immersive VR experience. And a lot of it is just allowing people to kind of come in to an environment that we design. And it's sort of like in part attending a play, like an immersive play, uh, and in part kind of a game, gamified experience, sort of gamification plays out in it. Um, and that can be competitive. It can be collaborative. It can be, um, uh, you know, kind of exploratory. Uh, type of experiences. And then again, we try to theme it. We do three major events a year right now. So we have Mythos, which is sort of a mythological uh, themed event that's kind of, you know, this is where you probably got the idea. It's kind of one part Renaissance Fair, one part kind of almost like Game of Thrones or uh, Lord of the Rings kind of feeling to it. Um, so kind of bringing in the fantasy elements. And um, and then sort of like an interactive like video game almost in a sense um, with a lot of questing. In the fall we do, which is one of my favorite seasons, we do really an amazing Halloween experience. I love Halloween. Um, and you get to sort of be a victim, you know. And in the case of Mythos, you're sort of going on an exploratory adventure. And in lore, you get to sort of be a victim. You get to come in and and kind of explore the concept of being a victim inside of an experience. And then we also have a, an entire Halloween village experience as well, in addition to kind of the haunted uh, concepts. Uh, but our haunt is very different. Um, during lore, we're really doing kind of more of a, uh, for a lack of a better word, sort of like a, a haunted adventure. So you're interacting with characters, you're going on quests while you're also 
being scared. Uh, so you have sort of like purpose uh, driven into the experience. You're not just walking through it and getting scared, but you have some purpose and there um, is questing and kind of different experiences. Um, and in the winter, we've done uh, a few different things, but we try to do more of a classic winter festival um, of light and kind of magic of that season. Um, you know, we did a Dickens, kind of an immersive Dickens experience this last um, uh, uh, Christmas uh, based on a Christmas carol uh, concept. This next um, season, winter season, we're doing a little bit more of a um, kind of a, a different classic winter adventure. And um, again, you get to kind of participate and meet characters and interact with them. I'm very sorry. I, I wanted to to Go point ahead. out to to people that that's that's the name of the game here. You come in and you're meeting these characters who are all in costume, all in period, and there's wizards mm-hmm. and and dwarves and elves and and the like, and and who knows what you're going to find when you come around a corner in Evermore. There is opportunity mm-hmm. to be given a quest, opportunity to join a guild and become a member of a let's say a a ranger guild or uh, I don't know the guilds I have not sure. been there, but uh, I do look forward to it. And you're given the opportunity to really, as you said, immerse yourself in this mythical mm-hmm. world as a guest. And then as yes. a, as a member, and there's other things to do as well as like and, a, uh, activities of uh, ax throwing and archery and archery. Uh, yeah. Uh, and a and a a, a bird. There's a there's a building there with bird. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a bird, avian, bird and animal experience. Mm-hmm. And dragon riders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, again, we try to mix it up and really provide an incredible value overall when people come in. And look, not everybody, uh, you know, wants to get immersed into a D and D adventure. You know, they didn't, they've never played it, they haven't experienced it, but in a sense, they get exposure to kind of playing that kind of a game for the first time, and something that these people probably would have never done in their entire lives. And they have their first exposure to it, and then they come, they seem to come again and again to the park multiple times, and they get they get uh, sort of an education of that experience and they get a taste of it and they start loving it like many of us do. And, um, and at the end of the day, you know, it kind of expands their opportunity to kind of express themselves to get out of their shells. We've seen really amazing things. We've seen introverted people uh, really come out of their shells. Um, people have, you know, had deep depression and, have come in and really had such a magical experience and it's kind of opened up a new world and there's kind of a new community of people that are much more forgiving than the real world, I guess I would say. And, um, you know, are designed to engage them and be part of their lives. And, and whether that's a false narrative or not, it doesn't really matter because it's, it's, it's a moment. It's a moment of experience um, that really creates some, some magic in these people's lives. And um, it's, it's really fun to witness it. So and it's a big reason why we're doing this. Do you ever go out into the park in a costume and kind of be invisible or mask, so to say? 
I I have. I typically just walk around the park in just my street clothes. I don't dress up a lot. Um, uh, I was never a big D&D player or anything like that. Um, I loved video games. I've done video game development. Um, so I've come at it more from the artist side. I started out in fine arts uh, doing oil paintings and then, then got involved in kind of the artistic representation of like 3D animation and video game development. Um, so that's been more of my kind of art background. And then I've done some film and I've done a few other things that, um, you know, have gotten me that much more interested in these kind of things. I'm a huge fan of haunts. I love haunted experiences. Um, what really got me started in this um, was experiences I had as a child in Canada. I grew up near uh, Toronto, Canada, a little fishing and beach village called Port Dover. And um, there was a family there, a Dutch family by the name of Vanderpost. And uh, Tony Vanderpost would make every season magical. And so uh, I grew up kind of in an abusive situation due to my father. And I needed escapism. I needed a place to go that was safe and uh, that you could have fun and have some adventure and forget about the hardships of life. And he provided that, really was sort of my surrogate dad. And I, I really loved the man and really respected him. And uh, he, he kind of laid that seed into my head. So when I built my own family and I met my beautiful wife, Patrice, I met her in Florida and she dragged me back to Utah. Um, from Canada. And, you know, we started building our own version of that. Uh, we started building, uh, I loved again, Halloween. So we did this sort of ghost pirate adventure at our house and this kind of haunted graveyard experience. And, um, you know, it was really magical and it just kept growing every year. And in 2013, I think we had 11,000 people come through our house in two nights. So, wow. Well, Which was, was pretty crazy, as you can imagine, in a dead end, in a dead end street, in a subdivision. So, that was going to be a nice. question I had for you: is is how did it end up in Utah? Um, it, it does yeah. not. Uh, it doesn't seem like I don't know. It seems more like Vegas to me, maybe, but uh, but off the beaten path of Vegas, obviously. Um, I know I look forward to making a trip down there. I think now that you've kind of been given me some more, I think I'm going to try and make it for, for Halloween myself personally. And just for people that might want to look it up, what is the website? The website is just evermore.com. And I would encourage people to go to YouTube and watch videos, uh, see the actors, the architecture of the buildings. And this place is amazing the detail that i see and just in watching the videos details of costumes the actors that you hire they're not from england but i hear good accents i heard irish and yeah English some of them accents. some of them Where actually are <laughs> oh are they some of them actually are from england so uh but no i i mean we just have some incredible talent in utah so Utah is just not, you know, if you're from California or you're from other places um, and you haven't had a lot of exposure to Utah, Utah's pretty, you know, everybody just thinks of Mormon culture in Utah, but it's it's really not that way anymore. It's actually changed quite a bit. Um, I would say more than 50% of the population is not uh, 
um, what they call LDS or Mormon. I'm not. Um, right. And it's, it's the demographics change. There's a huge tech sector here. Tons of people from California are actually moving in here in droves. Or housing prices has gone like crazy through the roof. Um, and it's not much different. That's what's happened to Arizona and Colorado and, and Idaho. They've all been and Oregon and well. Washington and Californians yeah, have been yeah, invading, uh, invading everywhere. Yeah, but no everywhere. offense to any Californians yeah. that that may be listening. No, I, no, no offense. I've known many. No, Californians. I, I actually appreciate. <laughs> I, I appreciate them. A lot of them coming in here. It's just it's changed up the demographic quite a bit, and and frankly, people are just changing. I mean, I think worldwide, people are just changing. Uh, we're growing as human beings. Science is. Uh, becoming more and more, you know, a major factor and science is greater than fantasy in so many cases. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of really good things are happening. I know there's a lot of negativity out there in the world about everything, but I think there's a lot of really positive things um, that are happening. And, uh, you know, life's meant to be fun. It's meant to be an adventure. It goes by fast. Being in my 50s, I can tell you that it's just like my life has gone by like that. And, you know, it's just you got to live it while you can live it. And and uh, it's like to me, every day is precious and every day is important. And I think more people need to live like that than to just live for what's going to happen a year from now or two years from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's just it's it's an experienced world now and I, I love the millennials and their whole vision and the z's you know i have a 16 year old and they just i i think they really have a great vision you know they they understand that it's not about consuming stuff now it's not about how much you can collect it's really about um sharing experiences with friends and family and doing things and living life, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just do a piece of that. You know, I'm not saying this is the end all of everything. It's, it's an experience, right? I'm trying to, and I'm doing that in other areas too, you know, in virtual reality, I have a place called the grid here that we're trying to do other types of experiences. I, I just feel like currently right now, the world is all about, it's an experience culture, right? And I don't think that's going anywhere. I don't think that's ever going to revert back. I think people want to go out and they want to experience life because that's what this whole, who knows what this is, right? Nobody knows what life is. We don't know, you know, why we're here. We don't know what we're doing, but we're conscious and we're having an experience. And I, and I think it's awesome to just go and do different things, you know, and imagination and story is a big part of that. Oh, absolutely. And Joseph Campbell the, the one and only Joseph Campbell encouraged people to to follow your bliss, to go towards what you're drawn to. And clearly, you have taken that to heart, that message to heart. And uh, and then you are encouraging others to do the same. And I think this the, the millennials or a younger generation has grown up with that ingrained in a lot of the art and the culture and the music and maybe the games that are played. Uh, life is somewhat of a choose your own adventure. Is it not really? It is. It is. And who's to say that fantasy is not. 
Oh, certainly. I, I grew up playing Dungeons Dragons from a young age, and I turned out okay. And I have that same idea of of integrating magic and fantasy into the everyday. Um, some people I know I would call wizards. Some people I know are definitely fighters. Other people I know are thieves, <laughs> very much like the game. And mm-hmm. there are good people. There are lawful people. Yeah, based on your you know classic role playing dice oriented game, there are lawful neutral people, and there are evil people. There's no doubt about it. And that game, uh, that game taught me this yeah. idea at a very young age. Um, so tell me more about what else is on the property. I understand there you have virtual reality as well as a racetrack on the property or near the property. No, that's that's at the grid location. So that's another entertainment center that we built just across from Evermore. So there we do more of like future. We do we do yeah, it's right across the street. So we do more of futurism there. And at Evermore we do kind of classic storytelling uh, adventures, um, kind of gamified experiences in real world. Uh, but we also use technology to enhance those experiences. So we use um, you know, anything that you would typically see even in theater, like lighting and sound and uh, triggers and, um, you know, using techniques of, of kind of faked out um, uh, hologram effects and things like that. Um, uh, you know, the, the vision for the park has always been and will continue to be in the future is to integrate things like augmented reality. Uh, you know, as soon as there are wearables that you could just have these really light glasses and you could have 3D visuals that interact in the environment and there's enough processing power and ability to be able to um, uh, scale within environments and, uh, you know, deal with, uh, um, you know, the physical environment and how the 3D objects interact, then you can start opening up the world to have dragons come to life and wizards and have a battle with a wizard or things like that. And those are all things that uh, the park is really well designed for. Um, You know, we have fiber optics all through the park. We have infrastructure built in so that we can, we can take advantage of that technology as it really gets uh, up to speed. You know, I think, I feel like VR is much farther along uh, than augmented reality. Augmented reality is still kind of in its infancy and needs to grow um, before it can be really viable in that kind of an environment. But, you know, we're, we're creating technology as a human race. You know, people think that individuals create technology and that's just not true. Um, It's really a collective, right? It's a collective of humanity and consciousness that creates everything that we're developing. And so for people to feel like, someone can come in and corner the market and, you know, build the end all, you know, when we, when we designed the void, uh, dare be that I would say that it's still probably one of the top VR experiences in the world. And really we used a lot of off the shelf technology and then customized aspects of it, uh, but brought the pieces together. So what we did is we, we said, Oh, we really like this piece. And, uh, you know, we like the idea of bringing these kind of physical uh, elements to the virtual, uh, you know, digital aspect of the visual 
concepts of it and bring those pieces together to create a bigger experience. And the bigger experience is really just mimicking what kind of happens in reality. It's like reality is sort of a holodeck, right? Um, I mean, we're having sort of an experience. All of our senses are interpreting this physical environment. And, you know, we have everything from uh, sight and sound and taste and, um, you know, other types of sensory input. And really that's what we focus on. So when, whether we're developing something forevermore for the grid or uh, something we've done at the void in the past, it's really to kind of hit all of those senses and immerse you more into the experience. And the background to that is kind of story. You know, it's telling story. It's how, it's how we live our lives. I mean, every day is a storytelling adventure, right? When you right. see your Choose loved your ones, you tell, you tell a story what happened during your day. You know, it's a story. Sure. Right? Now, real quickly, this sounds like a, a very expensive kind of experience. What is the pricing for a per person? I know we can look this up on the website, but is it a reasonable yeah. priced thing to share with me? Yeah. It's, it's too reasonable. Um, it's been very expensive on our side. Um, my wife and I and some other investors have invested well over 40 million into the project. Uh, but we, uh, we only charge right now to get into the base experience fifteen dollars for adults and twelve dollars for kids. That is that is incredible. That that's that's wonderful. Yeah, we try to make it very accessible to the masses. Uh, we certainly have some upgrade charges, and that's the only thing that we can do to try to you know cover our costs and and things. So we have a train ride, and you know we charge three bucks for a train ride or. Sometimes we'll do other special things. Like when we do our haunted adventure, you get to come into kind of the village for the $15 and we do a whole Halloween um, village concept. And the haunt is just an additional $15. So you're, you're $30 in a given night uh, for doing all of the experiences. And we, we just try to, again, put it at a price point that it's really accessible to almost anybody. Um, and, uh, you know, that people can come in and have these experiences. We, you know, we hope at some point in the future to make money at this and for this to thrive as a business because uh, it is a business also. Uh, but at this point in time, it's really about stabilizing it. We and we were crushed. I mean, just like many many other businesses during the 2020 pandemic season, which. Uh, virtually shut us down for a whole year. I mean, we had some operations, but it was very minimal. So, but things are coming back for you now. Do you think that's uh, reversing? And are are you seeing yeah, more guests? Yeah, I, it, it's coming back, but it's not at the numbers that we really need it to be yet. Um, so we're hoping that word will get out more. Uh, we certainly are even having people visit from many states and even other countries uh, coming to Evermore again. So I was, I was shocked to see that happen um, because I didn't think much of that would happen this year, but it seems to be coming back. Uh, but, you know, there's the scares of the new Delta uh, variant of COVID and, you know, you just don't know ultimately what's going to happen with that. And, you know, unfortunately, we're not in the driver's seat on that. We have to kind of just roll with the punches, you know, whatever, whatever happens will happen. And, 
we have to be as nimble as possible. But hopefully, I, I mean, we hope and pray we don't get shut down again because that would uh, that would be a very hard thing for a lot of businesses to come back from if that happened. So. Yes, it would, of, of course. Well, I wish you all the best, um, evermore.com yes. for more information and for tickets as well. And Ken, Brett Schneider, I so much appreciate your time, this insight into the park and into your world. I look forward to making a trip. Now, tell me real quickly before we wrap up, how far from, say, Salt Lake Airport? Uh, so, so the drive is about a 45-minute drive south on I-15. So you come straight down the freeway. It's about a 45 minute drive. Some people will stay up in Salt Lake if they come and visit. And some people just stay. We have, we have hotels like right across from the park. I'm sorry to interrupt, Ken. I I do need to, to sign off. Thank you so much again for your time. I look forward to meeting you someday as well. That's great. Thank you for listening to Times Like Now. Past episodes can be heard wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Trevor Collins. I can be reached Trevor at timeslikenow.com. Thank you for original music, J. Cody Robertson. And I do look forward to speaking with you all next time.